This is an ABC podcast. A long, long time ago, there lived a young man. He was tall and strong, almost a giant. His name was Vaya. Vaya was known across the islands of Samoa for his incredible strength, and it was not unusual for him to face a challenge from other men. He welcomed this, and he never lost. Such was his reputation that one day, a group of brothers sailed all the way from Fiji. They'd heard of Vaya's powerful frame and of his arrogance, and they were going to teach him a violent and bloody lesson. But Vaya heard of their plotting. While the brothers were sleeping in their boat, Vaya grabbed that boat in his huge hands and placed it on top of a tree. He waited for them to awake. Eventually they did, only to find Vaya ready to take his revenge. But unbeknownst to the brothers, their sister, Apaula, had stowed away on their boat and she launched herself from her hiding place to plead with Vaya. He was smitten by her beauty and by her bravery. He would spare her brother's lives on one condition, that she become his wife. Apaula agreed and before too long, she had fallen in love with Vaya. They lived together in happiness and soon had a son. But one day, word came that Apaula's father was ailing. She had to return to Fiji. Her brothers were there to escort her and her son, but Vaya was apprehensive about her going. Apaula assured him she would return and to never give up hope that she would come back to him. On that journey, however, her brothers killed her son. Crippled by grief, Apaula did not return immediately. She was too distraught. Back in Samoa, Vaya woke up every morning and stared out to the horizon, watching for Apaula's return. Days stretched into weeks, weeks stretched into months. There was no sign of his wife. Broken-hearted, Vaya slowly began to turn to rock. First his feet, then his trunk, then his arms. Just as his head began to turn to rock, he saw a boat on the horizon. It was Apaula keeping her promise. Apaula rushed to her husband, who managed to whisper his words of love as finally his lips turned to stone. Apaula wailed and cried. For days and weeks, her tears streamed from her eyes. So much so that a pool began to form. Vaya is now a mountain sitting behind Apia, and at his base is Apaula's pool of tears a sign of eternal love. Oh, so sad and just so beautiful. I love a love story. Actually, who in the Pacific doesn't love a love story? Love is described in our oldest legends and songs. And for lots of women in the Pacific, romance and love and all the laughter and tears that come with it are a huge part of our lives, especially when we're young. Our grandmothers' grandmothers married not just for love, but for a higher purpose. Their marriages were also about relationships between families and tribes. But love has always been an irresistible force, and we Pacific Islanders have found love in lots of ways. Some used family matchmakers, others met at church or school. But how do you find love in the Pacific in 2021? What has changed and what has stayed the same? I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, 
Let's talk about love. I've reached out to you on social media over the last few weeks and asked for your love stories. And it's been so, well, lovely listening to what you feel and think about love in the Pacific. I met my husband in Port Mosby at the bus stop while going to work. He actually came and asked for my name and he introduced himself and it was like love at first sight. It is so special because he always waits for me at the bus stop and tried to protect me from boys that used to snatch bags so he would um, escort me all the way to the office because our offices were just side by side each other. And till now, that is the most special moment we always treasure uh, in our marriage. That is just so sweet. How about you? What's your story of love? Maybe you're waiting for your big love story. You could be busy focusing on finishing your education, getting your career on track, and then you might just have time for love. Or maybe, and there I even say this, maybe you don't believe in love at all. Surely that's not possible. You're from the Pacific. I've seen people use the phrase paradise on earth, seeing the beautiful island landscapes, white sandy beaches, and the tropics, and people falling in love. I have so many questions. So who better to speak to than relationship expert, Vialupe Maale, from Pacifica Rooted Therapy. Vailupe, what changes have you noticed in the way Pacific Islanders find love? When I think back to my ancestors or even just generations before me, there were so many limitations as far as how you find love, how you explore love. And as I think about the Pacifica people I work with now, there are so many different ways to connect with someone social media, intimate gatherings, family connections, through friendships, through church, you know, in other spaces where there's social gathering happening, where maybe back then that was not a thing. Uh, Where do women tend to meet men from their own cultural background compared to men outside of their culture? Is there uh, dating apps or is it confined to community gatherings or church? What is it? I I would definitely say it's a lot more in-person connection. There's that interpersonal piece where it's like a friend of a family member, a cousin of a family member or a friend. What have you noticed about women who choose to pursue a career before marrying and having a children? And does women's age have a factor in the way they choose to love and start a relationship? I definitely think that now, again, things are different for Pacific women as far as establishing a sense of self. And that may be a career that may be being a working mom, whereas maybe, again, maybe previous generations, the idea was that it was very heavy in gender roles. So the man works and provides and the woman stays home and cooks and cleans, you know, that type of thing. Whereas now I do believe that there's a lot more Pacific women who are established as themselves, who who have goals, you know, whether they're parents, their mother or not, they have things they want to accomplish by themselves before even uh, getting into a relationship. And there's a, there's a different side to that. Pacific women who are mothers, however, everything comes before themselves. So they will not establish their goals or chase their goals and dreams because they are so loyal to their identity as a mother as a caretaker. So if there's anything I would encourage women to do is to to really hone in on themselves, 
uh, to be intentional with being selfish, meaning doing what you can, where you can, and how you can for yourself, because ultimately no one else can do that. And as, as cliche as that sounds, there is power in every individual woman. So as specific women, we tend to put ourselves again at the bottom. And so I encourage women to to love on themselves, to uplift all avenues of who they are, uh, because they're so unique and they're perfect. They just maybe don't feel it, but the loving on yourself daily will show up, you know, and slowly it'll make a heavy impact. Wailupe Male from Pacifica Rooted Therapy, and she's so right. Everyone does deserve love. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. Hi, I'm Jen, and my better half is Ray. We both come from the highlands of Papua New Guinea, and I like to think that what we have is a pretty good idea of love. I reckon that love is the way that Ray and I both pull our equal share of home duties, balancing the kids and chores, cooking, etc. It's having the time to laugh about our days together and getting each other's wit and sarcasm at the same time. I've fallen more in love with him this past seven years, seeing just how much he's grown up being a better father and how much he loves being that person for his kids and how he's matured over the years. It's him swapping shifts at his work when I get called in suddenly to work and the sitters off on the weekends. It's definitely catching a plane from Mount Hagen Tower straight to the hospital to be there for our eldest twin son's birth and not missing our daughter or baby boy's birth after that. It's holding my hand in hospital and praying with me after the doctor diagnosed me again with rheumatic heart disease and helping the nurse me back to health. It's loving each other's families, even when it's difficult to, because we know that they're family in Amthasol. Most of all, love is being married to my best friend. And yeah, it does help that years later, no matter the kilos that I've piled on and four kids later, he tells me I look amazing every day and still finds me attractive. I'm very sure that's love. What a sweet man. Lucky you, Jen. When you're young and wanting to meet someone that's going to tick all your boxes, wouldn't it be amazing if someone could point you in the right direction? For a long time, Pacific Islanders have looked to matchmakers to help them do just that. And that continues today too. Mama Rosa is a church deacon in Mount Hagen, Papua New Guinea, but also moonlights as a matchmaker for young people ready to find love. And she has some great advice for those of us looking for love. Okay, first I tell them, are you really ready to get a challenge? Are you really ready to enjoy this path of life that you are choosing? Then I will give you what I know is best. And the first thing I tell them is the choice that they are doing is for a lifetime. It's not for temporary. Marriage is a place of honor. Do not seriously enter into the relationship, but just become friends in a group. He doesn't know that she's going to be his wife or girlfriend, and she doesn't know. So they're not pretending. They're just going about who they really are. Because in many times, as you know, in relationship, people pretend. They hide the true color. And you will get to know a person the longer you live with them. So that's why I tell them to the attitude. Not in that person only, but in the girl herself and in the boy herself. If a boy is looking for a right girl, and if a girl is looking for the right boy, then I tell them to watch their attitude. You must get yourself prepared. Do not look at what the other has, but yourself, you need to change. 
communication and understanding is very, very important. And you need to be a good listener. I just wanted to ask you, with the kind of advice that you've been giving young people and young people coming to you, have you helped people find love in church? Have you be, have you, did you do any matchmaking in church? Yes. They're living happily ever after. <laughs> yes, I have. Can you tell, tell us a story about the couple that you've helped to find love? There is one in church that I have is a widower getting married to a young girl. She's not a girl. Is she over 18? Oh, yes, she was over 18. She came to me and, um, what do you think about him? And I said, you're a young girl and you have your interest and he has his interest as well. So are you able to manage all that in your life? Even if he was a young man, I would say the same thing. I mean, if he was a single person. But now that he is going to marry the second time, uh, do you have what it takes to go through life with him? And uh, I also tell him the the discouraging part of it is like the bad thing I know about something that's going to happen. They get that they must be well aware it's going to happen. You are young. He's going to be a little bit older than you. Are you able to, you know, stand all that? She said, I am happy. So now they're living happily ever after. They have five children now. Five children? Yes. Wow, good on you. <laughs> and I have another one they are pastoring. They're pastoring, and I think they're married for almost over 25 years now. That's a coastal and islander. The young fellow from coastal walks up to our doorstep and say, I want to marry this girl. And then I say, well, welcome, but do you have what it takes to marry her? I don't have the bread price. I said, don't worry about that. That's not important. And he says, because I need to go and pastor before I get, before I do the pastoring duties, I have to have a wife. So why do you want this girl? Sometimes I ask them questions. What do you want? They're all, because I see this, this in her life. But then I say, ah, she's got a little bit of a character that is very stubborn. <laughs> Are you willing to accept that along your marriage journey? And he says, yes, I am. So today they come, visit us. How are you finding it? Well, it's all good by God's grace, so they're living happily ever after. The children are all grown-ups now. That's wonderful. Yes. So in my advice, I always tell them, do not be selfish. It's a deadly decision. You must deny yourself, and you must all the time lift the other person up. And you must give all your love and all your care, all the respect and honor that is due. When you do that, you will be rewarded in a happy home. Your children are going to be happy. They're going to call you blessed. And your husband is going to be called you blessed. And he'll never go looking for another one. That's so wonderful to hear. And so you've done this. You've changed people's lives, brought them together to find love, their families. Um why do you think people come to you to you for this kind of life-changing advice uh, about love? Because you've uh, been married for, for over four decades, 41 years with, you know, Daddy Jua, and you've got lovely kids, five yes. lovely kids, grandkids. Yes. Uh, what is, what, yes, what is it that people find in you that they come and trust you with their lives and especially to find love? Okay. As you know, my dear, you know that we always think that um, the whites always hold their hands together. They hug themselves. And the white, they open the door for the women. And the white, you know, they sit with their wives together, love and joke. 
That's what many people think in our culture and society here. But our life is totally been different because we were just best friends before we got married. We were schoolmates. And Joe uh, wanted me to make uh, um, a love match for him. <laughs> and I was trying to do that in school, in high school. Uh-huh. And that's how we became friends. And he gets up and he said, uh, well, how about you? <laughs> but I thought, you know, he really didn't mean, he didn't mean what he really said. I said, well, I don't know, but that lots will be done. Uh-huh. So most of the decisions, I mean, I have made in my life is by God's grace. So people watch what we do. Yeah, absolutely. We sit together, we joke together, we hold each other's hands. Um, we're just happy. He opens the car door for me. And when they come to the house, he cooks for me, you know. He does things like this. And he calls me dear. Not one time he will call my name. Wow. Not one time I will call his name. We call ourselves dear and we call ourselves one walk. Because in, in, the, in the school, I was working in the school office and he came to fix the roof in the office. So we called each other one walk. So that was a nickname we gave ourselves. <laughs> so many missionaries did not believe either that we were going to get married, but God has helped us to stay this 41 years. That's so wonderful so to pe- hear. People, pe- people they, they watch. You, you have to walk the talk. So if you need a helping hand, look no further than Mama Rosa Capo, matchmaking in Mount Argan since the 1980s. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. My name is Vaimo'ia. I am from Samoa and I am 31 years of age. While growing up on the island, I was always told education first and foremost. Dating was off limits. That and also I was related to half the island. Throughout my tertiary years, I was still constantly reminded by family to get that degree first. Remember, no boyfriends or girlfriends. After three years, I completed the degree and I received the long overdue blessing from my entire clan that I can finally have a friend. Yay! And now I'm back in Samoa. Still, no boyfriend, but plenty of life experiences. I have loved and I have lost and I have learnt a lot from this journey. I'm Hilda Wayne, and today, Sisters Let's Talk is all about love. So we can't all be lucky enough to fall in love at first sight at a bus stop or go to a matchmaker. Some women in the Pacific look to a very modern way of finding love, and they're going online to meet a partner. Well, one of my friends, so last year she got engaged to this guy that she actually met through a dating app. That's Leilani who says that she decided to look for true love through a dating app. She says that her role models for true love were her grandparents. She was fortunate to spend most of her childhood with them, and they helped shape the way she sees love. There's so much more beyond that attraction and that chemistry and that exciting phase. I've realized now true love, not necessarily romantic love, is more of like a willingness and a commitment, and you just build on that and hopefully it like grows over time. My role model would be my grandparents. They were married in the 50s, 
it was a traditional customary marriage and, and you know there's bar price and everything but my grandparents were such a unit like they just worked so well together and uh, is that what you yourself are lo- you're looking for in love the sort of principles behind it yes but i think the practicalities of it going to 2021 now like it's not 1960 or wherever where there was no internet and you're currently single but taking an active part in finding someone special what is your method and process for finding love <laughs> well one of my friends so last year she got engaged to this guy that she actually met through a dating app for me my approach was like okay if i want a healthy relationship how do i get there so i had to just develop that sort of thing and know what to avoid know what to look for when something gets a bit weird with some of the guys i'm chatting with and just trusting my instincts you know the dating apps and so forth there's yeah. a, the good side and then there's the other side where that's Definitely. negative mm-hmm. where you you don't yeah. really know who is behind those profiles in terms of yeah. people's character and so forth is that something that you have in mind too when you're looking up you know guys who want to hook up with you and um, uh, check your profile do i basically do risk assessments for an organization and so that's why i i do a bit of due diligence once i find out their name and you know i also have involved my best friend as my wing woman so what i usually do is after chatting on the app and they always ask me oh what's your number and they can we meet up and i'm like oh, before meeting i'd like to talk to you on the phone first and then if i'm comfortable then we can meet in person when i spoke with this guy on the phone something just seemed off and i was like i know my intuition is telling me something so i showed it to my best friend and she's like yeah no girl if you come to a point where you almost feel like you found someone yet or are you still looking <laughs> that's so funny you asked that okay um there were basically two i don't want to make it sound like i'm a hr recruiter but like there were two like <laughs> candidates that I decided to meet in person after all the phone calls and everything and one of them actually asked me last week if we can have an exclusive relationship I kind of have already decided wow yeah so it's I'm supposed to be meeting him this afternoon too but anyways to give him my answer I think there's that that one person that I I will say yes to That's Leilani sharing her experience of looking for love on a dating app and she may just have found it. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. Do you believe in love at first sight or do you think love grows as you get to know the other person? Either way, I love hearing stories of our couple's first met. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. And if you want to feel that way too, listen to the next story. My name is Mere Terukalo. I am from an island here in Fiji called Ngau. And I'm 29 years old. Uh, I'm married uh, to another part of Fiji. It's Naitasiri Highlands. And we have three kids. We're married now for 10 years. That's lovely. So tell me about the first time you saw your husband. What was it like? <laughs> Just like every other girl, like when you know that you've seen the one, like you have butterflies in your stomach and you just can't wait, to, <laughs> you know, to like start dating and everything that comes after that. That's beautiful. I was around 18 at the time and my husband was 20. And then uh, we got married uh, in the year 2010. that when I was 19 and he was 21. So tell us 
uh, the first time you actually met, both of you actually met, what was that moment like? <laughs> the moment was uh, amazing. We met just when we had moved into this little town here outside of Suva. And I, I met him and then he left for school. And then when he came back is when we finally got together and started dating. So what was it about him that really attracted you to him? I'm not the type of person who's into like tall, fair kind of people. I'm more into like dark people. So that's one thing that caught me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Just the right height. I didn't know much about him at the time, but then when we did start dating, then I, you know, I got to know who he really was, how, where he was from, what were his interests and everything. So then that kind of like got more of my attention. Wow. So it's a journey. And when did you know that this was the man you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Oh, well, for me, I pretty much just from the beginning, because I never really was much of a person that dated a lot of people. So when I really set foot, like I, when I saw him for the first time, I knew like I had feelings for him. And then a year later, then he does come back and then approaches me for us to go on a date. And then like everything just hit off after that. To getting to know each other came in, it just was it. <laughs> Good on you. So did you meet him in church or in town or where? No, we met just around because we live in the same community in this small town that we live in. They usually come down to closer where we live to play volleyball and touch rugby. So that's where we usually met when we come to play volleyballs every afternoon. What is it about your husband that you love the most? I love that he's accepting and that even though he doesn't have a job at the moment, he hasn't really had a steady job from when we got married, but he's, he always finds a way to look at the brighter side. Even though he, it was supposed to be his job to be looking after us, I love, I love that. Even though I'm working, it accepts me for a lot of things. I'm, I'm not educated as most women are. So I was a school dropout and I love that he accepted me even though I wasn't complete, I was fully educated like he was. And that's what I love about him, that he accepts me, he accepts my family. Mere said Carlo, if I had lost my belief in love, you have restored it. I wasn't really looking for love. I wasn't on any dating sites. I was more focused on a job that I had just gotten. So that was probably the most exciting thing happening for me at that time. So my partner now hit me up on social media when it was just sort of friendly conversation. We hadn't met at all. So it was, it was something new to me, I guess you could say. And after talking virtually for a few weeks, we decided to finally meet for coffee at one of our local coffee spots. And that date, I guess you could call it, went really well and we just sort of continued on from there. Um, After a few months, we were officially dating and skipped two years later, which is now, We've adopted a dog and we've moved in together and it's, yeah, I guess you could say it's going pretty well. (laughs) That's my love story. (laughs) What a beautiful love story it is. We've heard some heartwarming Pacific love stories and sisters let's talk today. I feel good. They made me smile. How about you? We've heard some great advice from sisters who are experts in how love works for women in the Pacific. What stands out in this discussion is how powerful love is. And has always been. Everyone wants to fall in love and be loved. 
And this has stayed the same throughout history. But even the best love matches take hard work. We have to be the best people we can be for our partners and have the strength to work through the hard times. In the Pacific, we have strong families and communities and faith. And these things can help us get through hard times and remind us of the good times. Thank you so much for joining me, Hilda Wayne, for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, a weekly show where women come together to talk about issues that are important to us. Do you have a topic you'd like us to cover on the show? Do you have some feedback on this episode? I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, climate change and the eco-warrior woman using traditional ways to combat it. We are building on higher stilts because we can't really relocate to other places at the moment. So the houses are being built on higher stilts to account for sea level rise. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented by me, Hilda Wayne. It's produced by Amanda Donaghy. Our supervising producer is Inga Stunzner. Executive producer is Justine Kelly. And our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. I'm Tasol Nabungim you next time.